Good morning. Today is Thursday, the 9th of May, 2019. I am Jacob, and this is morning prayer, the daily office, a combination of morning prayer, right to, and supplemental liturgical materials from Enriching Our Worship, Volume 1. And the usual disclaimer is that I don't have any special qualifications. I'm just a regular person, and happy to be here with you. Anyone can lead morning prayer. Um, I do jump around a little bit now between the two books, and so it might be a little harder to follow me. Um, when I was using just the Book of Common Prayer, you could pretty much just follow me straight through. I didn't discover the daily office as a practice for myself until a few years ago, and it has really enriched my worship life. Um, I personally find many insights in the daily readings and I find a great strength in the rhythm of the church. I really feel connected to the liturgical seasons and to the lives of Jesus and of the saints as we move through the seasons and so that's all very as as many people what has been beautiful for me I then want to share with others so thank you for allowing me to share something that has brought great richness to my life thank you our readings this morning are Psalm 37 1 through 18 Daniel 5 13 through 30 Oh God, let your mouth let our mouth proclaim your praise and your glory all the day long. If anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. Let us confess our sins to God. God of all mercy, we confess that we have sinned against you, opposing your will in our lives. We have denied your goodness in each other, in ourselves, and in the world you have created. We repent of the evil that enslaves us, the evil we have done, and the evil done on our behalf. Forgive, restore, and strengthen us through our Savior Jesus Christ, that we may abide in your love and serve only your will. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on us. Forgive us all our sins through the grace of Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. Amen. O oh God, let our mouth proclaim your praise and your glory all the day long. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Alleluia, Christ is risen. O come, let us worship. Alleluia. Let the peoples praise you, O God. O God, let all the peoples praise you. 
O God, be merciful to us and bless us. Show us the light of your countenance and come to us. Let your ways be known upon earth, your saving health among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you judge the peoples with equity and guide all the nations upon earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Psalm 37. Do not fret because of the wicked. Do not be envious of evildoers, for they will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good, so you will live in the land and enjoy security. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him, and he will act. He will make your vindication shine like the light, and the justice of your cause like the noonday. Be still before the Lord, and wait patiently for him. Do not fret over those who prosper in their way, over those who carry out evil devices. Refrain from anger, and forsake wrath. Do not fret. It leads only to evil. For the wicked shall be cut off, but those who wait for the Lord shall inherit the land. Yet a little while, and the wicked will be no more. Though you look diligently for their place, they will not be there. But the meek shall inherit the land, and delight themselves in abundant prosperity. The wicked plot against the righteous, and gnash their teeth at them. But the Lord laughs at the wicked, for he sees that their day is coming. The wicked draw the sword and bend, their and bend their bows to bring down the poor and needy, to kill those who walk uprightly. Their sword shall enter their own heart, and their bows shall be broken. Better is a little that the righteous person has than the abundance of many wicked, for the arms of the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord upholds the righteous. The Lord knows the days of the blameless, and their heritage will abide forever. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from Daniel. Then Daniel was brought in before the king. The king said to Daniel, So you are Daniel, one of the exiles of Judah, whom my father the king brought from Judah? I have heard of you that a spirit of the gods is in you, and that enlightenment understanding and excellent wisdom are found in you. Now the wise men, the enchanters, have been brought in before me to read this writing and tell me its interpretation, but they were not able to give the interpretation of the matter. But I have heard that you can give interpretations and solve problems. Now if you are able to read the writing and tell me its interpretation, you shall be clothed in purple have a chain of gold around your neck and rank third in the kingdom. Then Daniel answered in the presence of the king, Let your gifts be for yourself, or give your rewards to someone else. Nevertheless, I will read the writing to the king and let him know the interpretation. O king, the Most High God gave your father Nebuchadnezzar kingship, greatness, glory, and majesty. And because of the greatness that he gave him, all peoples, nations, and languages languages trembled and feared before him. He killed those he wanted to kill, kept alive those he wanted to keep alive, 
honored those he wanted to honor and degraded those he wanted to degrade. But when his heart was lifted up and his spirit was hardened so that he acted proudly, he was deposed from his kingly throne and his glory was stripped from him. He was driven from human society and his mind was made like that of an animal. His dwelling was with the wild asses. He was fed grass like oxen and his body was bathed with the dew of heaven until he learned that the Most High God has sovereignty over the kingdom of mortals and sets over it whomever he will. And you, Belshazzar his son, have not humbled your heart, even though you knew this. You have exalted yourself against the Lord of heaven. The vessels of his temple have been brought in before you, and you and your lords, your wives and your concubines, have been drinking wine from them. You have praised the gods of silver and gold of bronze, iron, wood, and stone, which do not see or hear or know, but the God in whose power is your very breath, and to whom belong all your ways, you have not honored. So from his presence the hand was sent out, and this writing was inscribed. And this is the writing that was inscribed. Mine, mine, tekel, and parson. This is the interpretation of the matter. Mine, God has numbered the days of your kingdom and brought it to an end. Tekel, you have been weighed on the scales and found wanting. Pedes, your kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and Persians. Then Belshazzar gave the command, and Daniel was clothed in purple. A chain of gold was put around his neck, and a proclamation was made concerning him that he should rank third in the kingdom. That very night, Belshazzar, the Chaldean king was killed, and Darius the Mede received the kingdom, being about 62 years old. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle A on page 30 of Enriching Our Worship. Wisdom freed from a nation of oppressors, a holy people, and a blameless race. She entered the soul of a servant of the Lord withstood dread rulers with wonders and signs. To the saints she gave the reward of their labors and led them by a marvelous way. She was their shelter by day and a blaze of stars by night. She brought them across the Red Sea. She led them through mighty waters, but their enemies she swallowed in the waves and spewed them out from the depths of the abyss. And then, Lord, the righteous sang hymns to your name, and praised with one voice your protecting hand. For wisdom opened the mouths of the mute and gave speech to the tongues of a newborn people. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Reading from 1 John. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know that you have eternal life. And this is the boldness we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have obtained the requests made of him. If you see your brother or sister committing what is not a mortal sin, you will ask, and God will give life to such a one, to those whose sin is not mortal. There is sin that is mortal. I do not say you should pray about that. All wrongdoing is sin, but there is sin that is not mortal. We know that those who are born of God do not sin, 
but the one who is born of God protects them, and the evil one does not touch them. We know that we are God's children, and that the whole world lies under the power of the evil one. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding, so that we may know him who is true, and we are in him who is true, in his Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle R on page 40 of Enriching Our Worship, a song of true motherhood written by our friend from yesterday, Julian of Norwich. God chose to be our mother in all things, and so made the foundation of his work most humbling and most pure in the virgin's womb. God, the perfect wisdom of all, arrayed himself in this humble place. Christ came in our poor flesh to share our mother's care. Our mothers bear us for pain and for death. Our true mother, Jesus, bears us for joy and endless life. Christ carried us within him in love and travail until the full time of his passion. And when all was completed and he had carried us so for joy, still all this could not satisfy the power of his wonderful love. All that we owe is redeemed in truly loving God. For the love of Christ works in us. Christ is the one whom we love. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Once, while Jesus was standing beside the lake of Genesaret, and the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he saw two boats there at the shore of the lake. The fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little way from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we have worked all night long but have caught nothing. Yet if you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done this, they caught so many fish that their nets were beginning to break. So they signaled their partners in another boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all who were with him were amazed at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. Then Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching people. When they had brought their boats to shore, they left everything and followed him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Let us affirm our faith together with the Apostles' Creed found on page 96 of the Book of Common Prayer. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. 
he descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you, and also with you. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Show us your mercy, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. Clothe your ministers with righteousness. Let your people sing with joy. Give peace, O Lord, in all the world, for only in you can we live in safety. Lord, keep this nation under your care and guide us in the way of justice and truth. Let your way be known upon earth, your saving health among all nations. Let not the needy, O Lord, be forgotten, nor the hope of the poor be taken away. Create in us clean hearts, O God, and sustain us with your Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, in you we live and move and have our being. We humbly pray you so to guide and govern us by your Holy Spirit, that in all the cares and occupations of our life we may not forget you, but may remember that we are ever walking in your sight. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, you stretched out your arms of love on the hardwood of the cross that everyone might come within the reach of your saving embrace. So clothe us in your spirit that we, reaching forth our hands in love, may bring those who do not know you to the knowledge and love of you. For the honor of your name, amen. is the time when we share special prayers and I share a few thoughts on on the readings. I usually try to apply them to to life, which is easy to do, I think. There is a timelessness when you have eyes to see. Today is the day we remember Gregory of Nizanius. I'm probably Nizanius. I'm probably saying that completely screwed up. Um, so forgive me for that. But I do have a blurb about him in Planning for Rites and Rituals. He was the Bishop of Constantinople. This Cappadocian father loved God. Bel Letras and Humankind. Born about 330, he studied rhetoric in Athens. With his friend Basil of Caesarea, he compiled the works of Origen. He was ordained a presbyter against his will in 361 and attempted a life of austerity. However, the times were against living peacefully. He became Bishop of Sisima, a detestable little place, he wrote. 
before moving to Constantinople in 379 with hope renewed. There he preached five sermons on the doctrine of the Trinity. Therein rests his reputation. Among the fathers of the church, he is known as the theologian. That is a rather interesting little excerpt, huh? That's somebody who did not uh, take the adage, bloom where you're planted, right? (laughs) But preaching on the Holy Trinity, that's a tough one. Thinking about a God who is three in one, and that's a little bit mind-bending. I love the opener of Psalm 37 today. Don't fret because of the wicked. Don't be envious of wrongdoers. Um, And then the psalmist tells us, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. This is verse 7. Do not fret over those who prosper in their way, over those who carry out evil devices. How many times do we look around and say, that person is not doing right and they are getting so many blessings. And I am over here struggling and trying so hard. And we just compare ourselves to other people. And first of all, we don't even know what it's like in their hearts, inside, to live inside their skin, so to speak. But secondly, we are each unique. If God had wanted to make us all carbon copies of each other, he would have done that. He made us unique for a reason. So our paths are going to be unique for a reason. <laughs> for a divine reason. And what might look like a blessing from the outside, on the inside, living it, it might not be a blessing at all. We go back to what we were talking about yesterday with faith and trust and love, right? We have faith that God knows better than we do and that God is doing in us a mighty work, as the word says, transforming us glory to glory, closer to him, closer to her, closer to they, whichever pronoun. And trusting in that process is difficult, especially when you look around and it looks easier for somebody else. And I am totally guilty of this. I am not saying that I don't do this, but it's nice to have a reminder from the psalmist this morning. I think that's all I want to say about the psalm. Our Old Testament reading from Daniel. Man, so Daniel gives the interpretation and it is not good. And the king ends up dying because he didn't learn the lesson of humility, basically, is the surface message here. But a couple things, right? One is the reminder that all that Nebuchadnezzar had, this is verse 19, he gave him, and the he there is God. God gave Nebuchadnezzar that greatness. He didn't recognize it. He was destroyed, right? Well, not destroyed. He lost his mind and lived with the animals until he learned that the Most High God has sovereignty over the kingdom of mortals and sets it over whomever he will. But Belshazzar did not learn the lesson of his father. And so here we talk again about what could be, in my opinion, misinterpreted 
as generational sin is like generational knowledge, right? What we teach our kids. And I think a beautiful thing here is that there is a reminder that if we don't learn what we need to learn from our biological parents, family that we live with, God provides other teachers, right? Daniel was here for the king. So there are other sources of wisdom that God brings into our lives. He doesn't leave us without. God provides everything that we need. And not just physical needs, but spiritual, emotional, mental needs. And sometimes we don't understand why a particular person or event or story has come across our paths and it shows up later. I, that happens to me a lot. I'm, I'm thinking it probably happens a little bit to you guys too, right? But it's important to have, circling back again to something we were talking about a couple of days ago, eyes to see that, right? You have to be receptive to what God is showing you through others. One thing that I've really learned is I don't have to agree with everything in a source, whether that source is a person, a book, a school of thought. There is, there really is pretty much no 100% in human life, but there can be a portion of that that absolutely resonates and the rest of it might be for never. It might be for sometimes. Now, I'll tell you too that I have certain things that are like major deal breakers and I will, for example, throw out a book if, if the author is um, advocating discrimination. I, I just can't, <laughs> there are a few things that I just can't stomach. Um, but in, in general, I just filter and I, as one of my dear friends likes to say, I eat the meat and I spit out the bones. So all of that being said, Daniel reminds the king that God, as he puts it in verse 23, Well, let's back up a little bit. Daniel reminds Belshazzar that he has made idols of wealth, basically. He gives you know, a lot of examples. And he has not been mindful, open to learning from, following, considering at all, really, the God in whose power is your very breath and to, to whom belong all your ways. And so God condemns Belshazzar by the very thing that he has valued. Lovely little twist on things there. Lovely little ironic statement on the wall. I have to wonder if Belshazzar had heeded the warning and said, you're right, and his eyes were opened, and he accepted the epiphany, and it was a catalyst for change. Would he have died that night? I don't know. I think the fact that he rewarded Daniel with idols, with items that represent wealth and power, 
maybe an indicator that his heart was not changed. Or perhaps he was brought home to God so that he could receive transformation in another place. I'm not really sure. I'm inclined to think the former. But the lesson here is it repent and turn to God. So we finished up First John today, and the things that stood out to me were a couple little snippets here in verse uh, 13 and 14. I think it's very interesting that the writer doesn't say, I write these things to you so that you may have eternal life. He says, I write these things to you so that you may know that you have eternal life. Isn't that lovely? He's not saying it's his gift to bestow. He's saying that it is his to help them come to knowledge that they already have it. I think that is quite lovely. And I think that often that should be our goal. In my spiritual director training, that's something that we talk about. We use slightly different terms, but that's something that we talk about, that our job is not to to teach. Our job is to guide and be a companion and help our directees come to know God in their particular way, in the way that they particularly receive God. That is very beautiful, to help someone come to the knowledge that they already have. The wisdom that is within them. And I personally believe that wisdom comes in many forms. I love the way Glennon Doyle talks about coming to know the wisdom of her body and to trust her body and being able to be still and be quiet and hear God. Again, in the spiritual director training, one of the very first things that we are taught is that when we're getting to know a new directee, one of the foundations of that relationship should be understanding how that directee hears from God at that time. You know, for some people it's through music, for others it's through written words, for others it's through silence. And I'm so respectful that everyone has in every moment an avenue to God and that those not, need not all be the same. Then when we start talking about sin versus mortal sin, it's interesting here that my commentary says that the mortal sin that he's talking about isn't what we think of as like the seven deadly sins or something. It is the um, secessionists, so those who remove themselves from the Johannine community. And I think that's interesting that those who left the community, he's like, they're gone. You can't pray for them. I mean, I don't think he says you can't pray for them, but... But it's kind of like they're out of reach. But it's not because God can't reach them. It's because they've removed themselves from the community. And so they're, they're gone from amongst the Johannines who remain. And I think that the parallel there is that we often, especially in times of wounding, just remove ourselves, right? It's just that fight or flight reaction. And it's just like, that's hard, that's messy, that's ugly, that's hurtful. I'm just removing myself. Now, I am not advocating for staying in abusive relationships of any kind. And sometimes, as we know, the church can be very abusive. That's not what I'm saying. 
But I am saying that say, perhaps lift it up to God and pray about staying in an uncomfortable place, in an uncomfortable relationship, because it does bear fruit. I have a particular relationship in my life. The person is not hurtful. The person is not wounding. I just don't like them. But I am, there's just something about them. We, we don't have the same bottom line. It just kind of rubs me the wrong way. But I tell you what, God has not released me from that relationship. I have been praying for over two years. I've been like, can I break up now? And God's just like, nope, this is what you got. And it has been an important lesson for me. It has really taught me not only to hear from a source that is not packaged the way I want it to be packaged, but also to firm up my beliefs and stand up for them. So there was a time a couple of years ago when a person in authority, I gave them way more power, like any person in authority. It wasn't just one particular person. It was a couple, actually. I gave them really kind of unlimited authority to speak into my life because they were in positions of power over me or what I perceived as positions of power over me. And I just, I didn't filter what they said. I just kind of took it all in like that's true. And the important lesson that I learned the hard way in those relationships and it's got God is being a little more gentle with me in this particular one is that I again don't have to take everything at face value but be be to like stand up and put forth back you know so like if you say a there is a strong respectful and kind way that I can say I'm so overjoyed that that works for you that's lovely thank you for sharing that with me this is where I'm coming from. And I think then that we both learn from each other. The conversation that's one-sided, even when it's between a superior and a subordinate, there are times for that, but they really should be few. Anything that is completely one-sided, where the flow of information or the exchange of ideas is only one direction, it is literally 50%. You're missing out on half of the knowledge, the blessing, whatever you want to call it, that could happen there. The author here also speaks about interceding, intercessory prayer. You will ask and God will give life to such a one. Now there's some issues with intercession in terms of my humble opinion various um, denominations that believe that there must be, I don't want to say it that way, that sounds very condemning and I don't mean it to be condemnatory. There are some traditions in which it is um, not, we're not growing personal relationship with God. We're thinking about needing to have someone in a position of interceding between us and God, whether it's someone here on earth or one of the saints, but we can't get directly to God. We have to go through an intercessor to get to God. This isn't what I'm talking about when I talk about intercessory prayer. I believe each of us are in relationship with God and that relationship should be directly us and God, the most primary relationship in our lives, as I said yesterday, about the foundation on which every other relationship is built and should echo. Or reflect is the better word. But anyway, um, what I'm talking about when I talk about intercessory prayer is, is praying 
for or on behalf of someone. And there's a lot of different ways that that's shown up in my life lately. One of them is through healing prayer. I have, I'm blessed with a lot of friends in a lot of different places. And so not all of them can come to my church and come up to the altar and receive laying on hands and anointing and prayer for healing. So it is fairly common practice to come and say, I asked for prayer on behalf of my friend so-and-so who's in the hospital or et cetera. And to receive that blessing, we're all just conduits anyway. So that blessing hopefully is flowing to the person for which it's intended, even though they cannot be there. And so I think that we have to be careful with this. Um, I recall a friend interceding for me once and praying a prayer that felt like a curse. <laughs> she prayed what she wanted for herself and that was beautiful and lovely for her, but that was not for me. And so when in doubt, I always pray God's will be done. Or if God does, the Holy Spirit gives me clarity or insight about a particular thing to pray for, I do. But I am very careful not to be condemning or assuming and I think that that is really, really important because as we've been talking about throughout the ongoing conversation, my way is not everybody's way. As it says in verse 20, I pray that God gives us understanding so that we may know God who is true and we are in God who is true in God's Son, Jesus Christ, God is the true God in eternal life. Awaken that understanding within us, Lord. Amen. All right. Um, now we talk about fishing for people. It's always one of my favorites. The part that I want to focus on here is verse 5. Simon answered, Master, we have worked all night long, but have caught nothing. Yet, if you say so, I will let down the nets. I am very thankful for this reminder, for it is a pitfall of mine that I often, I will pray on something and pray on something and pray on something. And when I don't receive an answer that I recognize, I let it go. Sometimes we need to persevere in prayer and in God's time, the answer, the blessing, the response, I think that's the best way to put it. The response will come. And so this is a lovely reminder for me that God's time is beautiful and nonlinear. And when we persevere, and as the psalmist said back in our psalm, patiently wait instead of trying to rush to make things happen, um, if, as my friend Glennon says, we are still and wait, right? So we can hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. All things will be revealed. So let's close with that prayer. Yet if you say so, Lord. Your voice, God, above all other voices. Attune our hearing to hear it, to recognize it, and to follow you. Amen. I'd like to say some special prayers for healing. May the God of love visit you in your times of trial and weakness and raise you to newness of life through Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
Thank you. Let's affirm our faith together with the Apostles' Creed, found on page... No, I'm sorry, the General Thanksgiving. <laughs> Let's say together the General Thanksgiving on page 101. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we, your unworthy servants, give you humble thanks for all your goodness and loving kindness to us and to all whom you have made. We bless you for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for your immeasurable love and the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And, we pray, give us such an awareness of your mercies that with truly thankful hearts we may show forth your praise, not only with our lips but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to your service and by walking before you in holiness and righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be honor and glory throughout all ages. Amen. Almighty God, you have given us grace at this time with one accord to make our common supplication to you. And you have promised through your well-beloved Son that when two or three are gathered together in his name, you will be in the midst of them. Fulfill now, O Lord, our desires and petitions as may be best for us, granting us in this world knowledge of your truth, and in the age to come life everlasting. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. May the God of hope fill us with all joy and peace in believing through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We live without fear, for our Creator has made us holy, has always protected us, and loves us as a good mother loves her children. We go now in peace to follow the good road, and may God's blessing be with us always. Amen.